0: Hey guys, welcome back. My name is Shubhag and I'm listening to SR Talks. The goal with each of these podcasts is to bring out as much as value add content. Well, today's guest, I'm very excited to talk to him. Uh, He's a a Olympic weightlifter. Uh, Basically, he does weightlifting most of the time. Also a lot of barbell training. And I'm I'm sure you guys would have come across his lifts in one of your Instagram feeds. So I want to talk a lot about strength, barbell training, how is barbell training good for general population and how to build muscle, all of that. Uh, so without any further ado, let's welcome Ivan. Ivan, welcome. Hey, to how the- are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. Um, some technical difficulties
1: this morning. I apologize. <laughs>
0: that's okay. Not a problem. Uh, firstly, before we start, uh, am I pronouncing your name right? It's Ivan, right? Uh,
1: that's, I mean, yeah, that's fine. Evan is, is how Evan. I say it. Um, but, it,
0: you know, it's not a big deal. All right, great. Awesome. So my name is Shubhag. Thank you so much for joining in. Uh, Evan, uh, where are you from? Like, where do you live right now? Uh, Where in the States or? Yeah, where in the States?
1: Yeah, I live in uh, Kentucky. That's where I live currently.
0: Awesome. Lovely. Uh, So before we get into the details of it, could you please give us a brief introduction of uh, who Evan is?
1: That's a good question. Uh, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm basically a strength coach now, you know, I've done done a lot of stuff over the years. I, you know, I played American football. I, I ran track. I did, uh, some MMA for a while. I was in the army for, for five years, but for the last, uh, you know, seven or so, um, you know, I've primarily focused on, um, you know, being a strength coach and whether that's working with athletes or, hobbyists or people that just you know want to be a little healthier um you know that's more or less what i do now
0: awesome lovely and uh, so when you say you're a strength coach um do you have a gym where you where you help people uh, improve their fitness or you are a digital uh, coach where you have program on your website and then you help them give them customized program how does that work
1: so i've done a little bit of everything um I used to contract for a Canadian company and I would, I would, you know, travel around and do seminars and basically um, train their trainers. Mm -hmm. Um, I've contracted with a few, with a few gyms, you know, within. uh, You know, 50 or so miles um, off and on throughout the years, um, worked with, uh, with a high school for three years, um, do the online thing. I I do a little bit of everything. I used to, um, I lived in a different city, um, before my wife got pregnant. Uh, and I would have, I would have people over to the gym that I had there, um, where, you know, where I've got kids and stuff. Now I, you know, I kind of like my privacy a little bit more, so I don't really invite anybody over to lift. But um, you know, if there's a, if there's a space and everything makes sense, I'll I'll go train. Uh, I'll go train somebody in person occasionally. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. That's nice. From how long are you uh, training? Even like, and and when did you start with your uh, Olympic lifting
1: or weightlifting? So I'm 32. Mm-hmm. I've been lifting since I was 13. Wow, uh, I started Olympic lifting um, probably when I was maybe twenty-three or four. Okay. Um,
0: so I've been doing it quite a while. Nice. And uh, why did you start with Olympic lifting? Like usually, a lot of uh, a lot of boys get into bodybuilding initially when they enter the gym. Uh, how come you started with Olympic lifting? Were you competing at any point in your life?
1: So I didn't, actually, I didn't start with Olympic lifting. Um, my dad got me into the gym when I was, when I was 13. And I, he just taught me, you know, the basic stuff, squat, bench, deadlift, um, you know, maybe some bodybuilding stuff, but, uh, you know, he kind of taught me the basics. And the reason that I started was because I was, um, I grew I grew fairly early um you know I was probably you know five eight or so when I was mm, thirteen wow. uh, i was but I was hundred and fifty pounds I was very small okay um you know and i I was done growing i'm like five ten now I was done growing at like fifteen, so you know <laughs> um, but uh but you know i so I was playing sports, I was playing football at the time um and I was just you know, not very strong. And I was pretty small. Um, and the, the, you know, the simplest thing for me to understand was like, well, you know, the guys that are good, the guys that play, they're big and strong. So, you know, how am I going to get big and strong? Well, I'm, I'm going to lift weights. Okay. Um, I got it. So I got some exposure to like power cleans and overhead squats and push press, um, through the course of playing football, uh, but I didn't really get into weightlifting until I was in the army. Uh, and that was, that was like the time when CrossFit initially became popular in the um, early 2010s. Yeah. And I saw a guy who um, any, any other dimension, I was, I was much stronger than I saw him do like a 220, 225 pound snatch. Wow. And I was like, Oh, yeah, you know, I used to do that stuff. I bet I could do that. I'm I'm stronger than that guy. <laughs> and I started, you know, uh, trying to try to figure that stuff out again. And I realized that, you know, I wasn't very good at it. Uh, and I needed to practice. And um, I guess it's just a part of my personality is that I'm not very good at uh, moderation. Mm-hmm. So, So once I started doing it, that was kind of all that I wanted to do. Uh, and then very quickly that turned into, um, buying, uh, like a a IWF spec barbell and then, uh, you know, bringing that to the gym. And, uh, eventually I had a had a gym in my house and, you know, I think the rest is more or less online to, to kind of view.
0: Yeah. So, uh, I've seen a lot of videos of yours uh, where you lift, you know, in, in that small space of yours, I, I think it must be your gym in a garage or something. So uh, uh, it was downstairs in the house
1: that I used to own.
0: So you had, I mean, uh, so you used to lift only there. And uh, do you only uh, do Olympic lifting most of the time, most of the week? Or how was it?
1: Uh, yeah, there was a time when that was about the only place that I trained. Um, just because okay. I, I preferred um, the orderliness, the lack of kind of, extra extra stuff going on right
0: right right
1: as far as my training now you know i'll do the olympic lifts uh a couple times a week Mm. i'll do i'll do some strength stuff a couple times a week Uh, it's a little different now you know i hit my lifetime goals in in the olympic lifts i snatched uh, 180 kilos and i clean and jerked 220 uh and those were those were like my lifetime goals um and since then, you know, um, you know, I've got a kid and I've got some more stuff going, going on um, right. a little closer to the house. Um, so your priorities change a little bit, I, you know, because I because I primarily am a coach. You know, I like to lift because that keeps me sharp, that that maintains the the insight necessary to to be a good coach. And then obviously, um, it keeps me like somewhat healthy. Correct.
0: Correct. Yeah. So uh, I have two questions. Evan. Uh, one is, did you have a coach um, while you were learning Olympic lifting? Because it's it's a pretty technical sport, right? You need a lot of technique um, to go up in the numbers. If you really want to lift weights like 180 kgs, only strength is not going to take you. Yes, maybe if you are strong and if you're doing powerlifting, then maybe you can if you're just strong. Uh, with even okay technique Uh, but to really do a snatch 180 kg snatch um, you need to be really good with your technique so uh, did you have a coach number one and number two is um, when you train someone and if if you said you also have you know a few modalities where you train people on digital platform as well how do you um, transfer this knowledge of uh, Olympic lifting technique through your Digital platforms.
1: So, I, this is this is one of the things that I think makes me unique in the space is because you know I did I did you know obviously you know you'll bounce ideas off of people you'll kind of consult with people you'll get their opinions on stuff, but I but I never had a, a coach in the traditional sense, mm. and there was a, there was a couple reasons for that, but um, you know for for a handful of reasons it just didn't make sense um and i preferred to handle the variables on my own because um i thought that i knew better uh and i will say that it you know it it probably took longer than it would have if i if i had like this this perfect athlete coach relationship but it just you know it just wasn't really feasible mm. um there are a handful of guys that helped me out a ton when i had questions but uh as far as like Having somebody sit in front of me every day, uh, or even every week. Um, no, that didn't happen. Um, what I did was I just, I filmed every rep and I would review those, those repetitions in between the sets, um, kind of while I'm resting. Uh, and then even sometimes after the training session, I would, uh, I would sit down and, um, either analyze my lifts. Or watch film from you know various professionals around the world. You know it's all available on on YouTube and um, Instagram now. But uh, that was that was more or less um, how I how I kind of learned the lifts. Uh, I don't really recommend people do that. Uh, you know, for for I think reasons there may be obvious. You know, it can be done. Right. So
0: then you never thought of competing with with such good lifts. You know, uh of- yeah,
1: I did. I competed uh I competed a few times. Um I'm a much uh <laughs> much better coach than I am a competitor. Right, right. Why do, uh, Why do you
0: say that? Can you can I please interrupt there and ask that question?
1: Sure. Um it was probably a maturity thing, honestly. Um or this inability to kind of um, fully kind of understand what what's at stake, you know, because you know, I had this expectation that I would go in uh and hit, you know, hit my best lifts on the same day, uh <laughs> under someone else's uh schedule. Or um, you know, all the common all the common stuff that as a coach, you know, you have to explain to your to your athletes that just isn't gonna happen. So instead of just going in and trying to improve on your previous competition total, I'm going in and trying to hit like uh you know my my best my best lifts and training on to make six lifts, right? So you know um, it's just one of those things. So, but anyways, uh, go ahead. Sorry, sorry there. So, how different are you
0: um, as a coach when it versus you being an athlete? Because I've seen your lifts. You know, you, you're really in the zone and you're grunting every time you lift. Uh, I'm sure you are totally opposite when you're coaching your athletes or, or a general population. Um, how do you make that switch? And, uh, am I right on that part? First of all,
1: um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I try to, I I'll try to, you know, talk to my athletes the way that I'm talking to you right? and I'll try to kind of explain things as technically as I can. Um, as uh you know as they're approaching kind of their maximal efforts um you got to read you got to kind of understand who you're working with right um there are some people that will enjoy the intensity and then there are some people that are indifferent or that maybe it makes them uncomfortable so obviously you know you just kind of have to you know read the room and then and then adjust accordingly got it
0: got it got it nice so what do you what do
1: you enjoy about coaching just being able to help people, you know. Um, And that's, that's, you know, anything from these young guys that are just trying to figure out their place in the world. Um, You know, that gives me an opportunity to be like, like a positive masculine influence. um, And just, you know, tell them some stuff that I needed to hear when I was that age. That sometimes you hear from maybe your parents or other people, and you kind of, you kind of brush it off because it's like, oh well, those my they're my parents, they don't know anything or whatever. Right. Um so I, you know, I try to I, you know, I try to tell them the same stuff and you know, because I look I look a certain way, you know, they expect me to um, you know, like um I just try to encourage them to be like uh, you know, proper young men and not and not um yeah. short sighted basically, right? Right, right, right. I'm the long term vision.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, um, how does one uh, become from 150 LBs to what you look right now, right? So how did that happen? Of course, yes, there's a lot of training going into it, but there are other factors which come into play. So um, if someone is listening to this podcast and he's, you know, just about 70 kilos, but wants to put on some good 15, 20 um, kilos of uh, muscle on his body and, you know, good, good look around 200, 225 LBs. So how, how is that possible? How,
1: how has- Well, the thing that you need to kind of keep in mind is that I am 32 years old. Um, so that's almost 20 years of lifting weights. All right. um, so really, you know, there's a million things that you can say, but really it comes down to to consistency and time. Because, you know, what do you need to do in order to see progress in the gym? You need to, you need to eat, you need to sleep and you need to lift. (laughs) Um, And if you can do those things consistently over a long period of time, um, you know, you should, you should eventually get to where you want to be. Now, obviously you can, you can, you know, delve into the complexity uh, more, but most people have a hard time doing that consistently over a long period of time, you know, and if you can just do that, you'll, you'll get pretty far. Right. Right. So were you a big, big eater
0: as well, even like, or it only happened after you started training. Like, and and how much do you eat? Like how how many calories do you consume on a day? Is that something (laughs) can track?
1: Um, so as a kid, you know, I, I didn't really have a great diet. I ate kind of like a typical American, which is, you know, not good. But, you know, as I got into it, my dad kind of, kind of showed me what needed to happen. You know, he's like, Hey, you know, you got to eat protein and you have to eat, um, you know, good carbohydrates, you got to eat some vegetables, stuff like that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And then obviously you read about it and you can kind of get into the details a little more, but when I was really trying to gain weight, because, you know, from probably 13 to 15, I, you know, I probably went from, you know, 150 pounds to, um, I don't know, 190, 195, something like that. Uh, I was eating about six times a day, and I was I was eating until I was sick, you know, almost <laughs> every meal. Okay. Uh, um, and it's, it's difficult because if you're a teenager, then that's probably the way forward. Mm. Um, as you get older, you have to be a little more strategic because um, it's probably a little easier to really get fat doing that. Um, so, you know, it's context specific, but for the young guys, I mean, you know, if it's, you know, you want to eat real food, you want to, you want to have, um, or you want to stay away from like, uh, the processed stuff as best you can, but, uh, you know, real food, something you can, something you can grow, something you can kill, um, you know, single ingredient items, Mm -hmm. um, You know, if it meets those criteria, you know, eat it, uh, lift and sleep. And, you know, over, over time, you know, you should, you should get where you want to (laughs) be.
0: Right. So, uh, if I watch your videos, right. Or if anybody is watching your videos, all they will get to see is the lifts, the big lifts. Uh, but what I also want to ask you is, um, is there some kind of cardio also going into the training? Do you do some cardio Uh, because we don't get to see that i I think uh, today or something i saw you doing a rope climb which is great Uh, but apart from that how do you keep yourself conditioned
1: and how important is that when i was in the army i did a lot of running i did uh, a lot of rucking which is uh you know fast walking with a heavy backpack basically these days uh you know i'll do some i'll do some walking uh and i I work um i'll you know i'll do stuff I'll, i'll build things or i'll I've got a, you know, I've got a garden and I'll, you know, I'll do, I'll do physical things. Um, but really the biggest thing is when I'm training, I try to minimize my, uh, my rest periods. My criteria is basically, you know, if you're still breathing hard, that's okay. Uh, as long as you can execute the next lift with the appropriate technique, then, you know, probably ought to take, take that next lift. Right. Um, because I think that intensity drives certain adaptations that, um you know are, they'll make you they'll make you a better lifter but they'll probably also pretty good for your health
0: right so um uh, do you suggest a normal office going person who has a 9 to 5 job um would you would you um advise that person to start lifting weights and uh, when i say weights the barbell training like uh cleans snatches and deadlifts squats would you would you recommend that
1: yeah I mean I don't I don't see why not uh, I you know obviously it, it would just it would kind of vary person to person you know if they're very sedentary and they have been for a long time you know they, they likely don't have the mobility to do yeah. maybe like a snatch uh, safely but um you know working toward that I don't see any I don't see any problem with that um, you know I think uh the you know I would just the first thing would just be to make sure that they're moving appropriately in a way that is safe. Um, but then you know, from there, yeah, it's all about it's all about some kind of progression, some kind of logical progression. So uh yeah, if they want to work toward that, um, I think that's I think that's that's great. Yeah.
0: See when 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 someone looks at your videos, the lifts look very easier, right? But when you actually do it it's it's very 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 challenging so uh, that, was my, that was my next question and you told uh, mobility is very very important so when i look at you or when i look at your videos it looks like you're a big guy with the big muscles but how much emphasis do you give on your mobility is it only proprioceptive mobility which is by you doing the lifts year after year you've kept that and maintained that mobility or do you spend some extra time on stretching and getting the joints and keeping the joints mobile?
1: So it's a little bit of both. Um, a few years ago, I I worked with a chiropractor a few times a week, a sports chiropractor. So, you know, he wasn't just like cracking my back and, and sending me on my way. He, um, you know, he would help me with, um, Active release or, you know, a, a handful of kind of modalities to, to get me where I needed to be. But for a while, um, you know, I did have to do a lot of mobility work. But from there, uh, as long as you maintain your ability to move through those ranges of motion with with load, uh, I you know, I don't know, you don't really need to be doing an hour of mobility every day once you've achieved kind of what is required to do what you want to do. You just move through those motions um, or those ranges of motion um you know thoroughly uh you should maintain them you know occasionally i'll have to do something um to fix something or whatever but um it's it's not nearly as much as it used to be
0: okay right but how important is accessory work Like do you only do the lifts like snatch clean uh, and I'm asking this during your training period or would you also do like for example let's say you're able to lift 80 um, kilos 100 kilos of snatches but you want to push to 120 you're able to lift it but to hold that in that you know uh, snatch position it's getting challenging so to improve that stability the shoulder stability in that overhead position do you train differently do you do some accessory work and how is that?
1: Yeah, I I think for most people, I think, um, I think accessory work is, is, you know, definitely pretty important. Um, but it's, it's all kind of context specific, right? Um, I do accessory work. Yeah. I like, uh, I like a lot of back, I like a lot of hamstrings, uh, and I'll do some pressing and then, uh, beyond that, it's, it's really just, you know, um, for aesthetics, which, uh, you know, I'm sure there's some functional benefit, but, right. um, you know, it doesn't really have to be, it's like, if you want, you know, bigger muscles somewhere, you know, uh, okay, go for it. Who cares? Um, but, uh, you know, early on, uh, with the young guys and, and then early on in training cycles, if you're, you know, preparing for a meet or something, um, I think accessory work is pretty important.
0: So now if, if, um, a 20 year old kid comes to you and then he says i want to lift uh weights because i want to build muscles so what would be your program like and and also would you um give them a, a nutrition plan or you just suggest eat this eat this eat this so how does that work like if if a 20, 20 21 22 year old kid comes to you saying that i want to build mm-hmm. muscles so what would be your uh program like
1: well i guess it would just depend on you know does he is he coming to me in person is he online um, but either way, really, obviously, we're going to handle training. But beyond that, um, you know, I can do the nutrition stuff, um, but they have to express an interest in it because uh, it's it's a little bit involved. And if if they're not interested or if they aren't going to do it or can't do it or whatever, um, then it's just not something I'm not going to. I'm not going to stress myself out over over something that they're not going to take seriously, you know, obviously under kind of all ideal circumstances, then, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll basically, you know, give them a, a plan. And that, you know, that looks how you would imagine it looks um, with macros and and um, when you should eat, you know, your meals and what they should be comprised of and stuff like that. Um. But as far as training goes, you know, again, you know, you'll have to assess their their ability uh, and then kind of go from there. You know, if you've got like a normal young guy who's somewhat in shape, then, you know, you can probably just jump right into squat, bench, deadlift, row, overhead press, stuff like that. And then if not, then you know, you start with your body weight stuff, uh, you know, whatever other regression is necessary, if that's like a goblet squat or, you know, whatever. But uh, eventually, you know, the goal would be to get to where you're doing the big barbell lifts, followed by some some accessories that are, you know, you start compound and then work to single joint stuff. Um, I, I like to keep things pretty simple. Mm-hmm.
0: do you follow a diet certain diet even now or it's it's just like you have uh, a good idea about what to eat and um do you recommend that to people as well
1: um my my biggest thing really is just to try and avoid as as much of the processed stuff as you can correct um i don't know what it's like in india but in america you know, your kind of normal or more common foods are just really not very good for you. In America, you know, poor people are fat, Um, (laughs) which is just because the quality of the food is so bad. So, you know, depending on my goal, you know, I may may get more um, strict or structured with what I'm doing. But normally, you know, I'll eat about Four good meals. I'll have a couple of shakes just primarily for convenience, um, pre and post training. But, uh, the big thing, really the only, the only really thing that I'm worried about is, is, uh, eating as little preservatives as possible. Mm -hmm. My, my breakfast, for example, uh, consists of eggs from my chickens and, um, you know sourdough that my my wife makes with uh honey from uh from a beekeeper that's maybe 20 miles away and then I'll eat like uh some some oats with um some fresh fruit uh and with the oats I I try to get uh organic uh simply because it's not sprayed with glyphosate um because the pesticides, you know, they have an effect on on your body through your food. Um so so that's kind of uh that's you know, that's more what I'm focused on. You know, I, I'll kind of generally measure stuff, but I mean I'm not sitting there weighing everything on a scale every single meal, you know.
0: Yeah, that's what I wanted to know. Because that goes a lot uh especially on the Instagram and in in the States. So that's something that i want to ask you and you told some something very interesting you eat eggs from your chickens so do you also eat chicken uh which is fresh because in the states um one thing which i've heard from my friends who live there is that uh chicken is not fresh or meat per se is not fresh it's it's packed again in the stores or in in, in WalMarts and stuff like that uh here we get fresh chicken uh, although there is there are places where we get frozen ones as well but uh, since there is fresh ones, we all uh, prefer buying that. So, do you also have uh, a farm where you have fresh chicken, or you get the ones which is frozen?
1: So we can get. Uh, that is one of the good things about about America is that you know you can get you can you can get it all. Uh, you know, if you want to go to Walmart and get frozen chicken, um, you can. If you want to go to some of your kind of um more like mid, mid-level groceries, you can get slightly fresher stuff. Mm-hmm. And then your more high-end places, you know, they're they're probably local and, and whatever. Um we go to the mid, mid-range places for chicken. Um, but now that it's warming up, uh, I'm probably going to raise I don't know, maybe fifty meat birds, wow. uh, and then we, well, you know, we'll slaughter them either here <laughs> or we'll go out to my grandfather's and do it. Uh, I don't really know. My, I've got some neighbors, so they they may not, they may not like to see that all day. Right. <laughs> um, but that's what we plan to do. Um, I get my beef from uh, from a farm mm-hmm. that's maybe ten miles down the road. And uh, you know, I when I when I walk in, you know, the room is where they do the butchering, uh, it's all pretty fresh. You know, they do freeze it once it's all done, but that's just to kind of aid in uh the transport. And you know, when you're buying for you know, four hundred and and fifty pounds of beef, you're gonna put it in the freezer anyway, you know. Right. <laughs> uh, so that's that's kind of uh, it's kind of how we try to do stuff, you know. Awesome.
0: Uh, see, uh, even Olympic weightlifting or weightlifting per se is a very technical sport, and it's prone to injuries. So, how do you avoid that? And have you personally come across injuries in,
1: in during your training period and even now? You know, so an interesting fact, uh, I mean, yeah, you definitely can get injured if you're, if you, you know, don't have the appropriate guidance, but uh, there was, there was some study done on um, the rate of injury per thousand hours of training uh, amongst Olympic sports. And they found that weightlifting was one of the lowest. Wow. Um, I guess, I guess that's that the the dropping stuff, you know, I guess that's just because um, you're under the load for such a short period of time. If something's wrong, a lot of times your body will kind of move you out of the way. Um, but you know, I you know, I see it. I see my fair share of, of injuries, you know, overuse stuff. Um that comes from kind of improper movement. Occasionally you'll see big injuries, but uh yeah, I think that's just one of the risks that you take doing almost anything physical. Um, but as far as like injury prevention goes, and I I've had a couple. I think the worst one was uh I, I tore my bicep um you know 5 or 6 years ago okay but uh that was from a dysfunctional lat um mm-hmm. <laughs> because i got i got shot uh in my lat when i was in the army uh and then as a result you know my bicep uh has to overcompensate sometimes um so that's that's something i have to keep an eye on personally but for the most part you know um you know i'll get tweaks and stuff um and i'll have to modify what i'm doing for a week or two but right. you know for the most part i stay, I stay pretty injury free <laughs> that's great
0: so then so when you hit a uh, hit obstacle in terms of your numbers now that you've reached your lifetime goals this is great but during your growing period as a as an athlete um let's say you were at 120 kgs but you wanted to get 140 and there was something that was stopping you how did you overcome that? Was it only by more of training, or did you tweak something?
1: <clears throat> well, you know it just depends you know so for me, I had a surplus of strength for most of the time that I was doing weightlifting, so it was almost always movement related uh for me, you know almost everything came down to uh technical adjustments mm. um, but generally, if you run into if you run into um, a plateau or, you know, your progress begins to stall, you just, you, you know, you need to, you need to sit back and um, just kind of honestly take stock of what's going on. Uh, You know, am I covering my, my basics, you know, is my food on point? Am I sleeping enough? Am I training hard enough? Uh, After that, you know, Am I, am I moving properly? Am I training too much? You know, there's, there's, there's a lot of questions that need to be answered. Um, and if it's just, you know, if the stimulus is stale, then, then you need to try and find a way to create a new stimulus, but, but still, um, still one that is kind of directed toward your goal. Right. So, um, and there's there's a lot of ways to do that. Uh, it's really limited by your creativity.
0: Can you build muscles just by doing Olympic lifting? And if yes, then how many times in a week would you recommend doing, uh, snatches and cleans?
1: Yeah, I mean, sure you can. Um, but you know, if if your main goal was to build muscle, then it's not what I would do at all. Right. (laughs) Um, You know, cause you, you know, you're after, you're after time under tension really for hypertrophy. And, um, that's kind of the opposite of what you're doing with, with weightlifting, you know, cause you're trying to, you're trying to move as, uh, as quickly as possible or produce as much power as possible. Um, so that's kind of the opposite, right? (laughs) So, So then you do, um, some kind of hypertrophy training through the week. Yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll bench press and I'll do rows and lateral raises and curls and uh whatever else. How about bodyweight stuff like pull-ups and dips? Um, yeah, yeah, I'll I'll do push-ups and pull-ups and dips and uh leg raises, um other things just kind of right uh, you know as they come or you know <laughs> if if somebody if somebody suggests something, or if I, you know, come across something and say, oh yeah, you know, should probably, you know, work on that or, or, you know, maintain that skill or whatever, you know, I, yeah, I, I'm not opposed to body weight stuff. So even I'm, what I've
0: noticed in your lifts is you have big forearms. Uh, is that something genetical or you've worked on it um, separately, or it's just because of the heavy deadlifts that you have done?
1: Um, that's a good question. Uh, you know, that's, I mean, it's probably genetic, uh, <laughs> my, my forearms, they just, um, I can feel them working when I'm doing most things, but, uh, I don't do like direct forearm work. So I, I just assume that that's just how my body responds to training. That's amazing, man.
0: So, uh, what would be your three tips to a total beginner who's entered a gym What would you,
1: as a coach, tell him? I would just say that your technique is probably going to be the most important thing, getting started. You're going to want to nail down at least uh, some basics when it comes to your diet. And then you're going to want to make sure that you're getting uh, a solid eight or nine hours of legitimate sleep. And that means, you know, put the phone away, uh, make the room dark. Um kind of try to go to bed uh with the sun or shortly thereafter you know don't you know staying up till midnight or two in the morning and then you know getting up later in the day if if you know your your schedule kind of allows for that uh it's probably not not what you want to be doing you know the closer that you can be to um moving with the sun the better uh that's probably like that's probably where I would start
0: nice and uh, last two questions: what do you do on the days where you don't feel like training? Do you just don't train or you push yourself and do it
1: well uh that'll just <clears throat> I hate to say that that depends, but uh it just depends on a handful of factors you know um if I don't feel like training uh the answer is why um if i if i trained a lot over the last because <clears throat> i don't have like uh my schedule is not as set as as it has been previously so i used to never train on sundays for example yeah. um but now that i've got a kid uh my wife's schedule is a little different uh if my mother wants to see my daughter mm-hmm. um and she wants to lift, then, then, you know, we'll go lift, uh, on a Sunday and I'll do something quick. Um, so occasionally in the middle of the week, um, I'll find myself like, you know, tired or not feeling good or, or whatever. And, um, then I'll say, you know, okay, do I need to go train anyway? Or, you know, did I just train the last five days in a row? and that's really the answer. Um, but again, you know, I, I'm not really, I'm not approaching this the way that I did, um, a few years ago when I had uh, a little bit more serious goals. And, you know, my answer, my answer there would be, um, that if you're after, if you're, you know, if you're training for a competition or if you've got a certain goal or, you know, if you're training for something, uh, that is physically demanding, A lot of the time, you know, you're going to probably need to push through and, uh, do it anyway. Um, because when I was training very seriously, that was, that was the attitude is that, you know, you absolutely cannot miss a training session. And, uh, if you don't feel good, it doesn't matter. You still do it. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times, um, I would basically say okay well look let's just get in there let's warm up let's not have any expectations let's just get something done um and interestingly enough what you find is uh on 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 those days a lot of times when you don't place expectations on it and you just you try to move um you try to move well first what you find a lot of times is that you know you have a pretty good day yeah yeah
0: absolutely um so, during your prime training, how many times in a week would you do lifting, like Olympic lifting? Three times, two
1: times? Uh, I, I mean, I've, I've probably done as many as 10 wow. sessions a week. Mm-hmm. But okay. the majority of the
0: time, maybe five or six. Okay. So, when you say a session, it includes uh, both the snatches, right? Like, both the lifts, right? Clean and jerk and the snatch.
1: My most extreme training, it was, um, I would squat and then I would snatch and clean and jerk. Uh, and then later on I would squat again, or maybe I would squat and then snatch and clean and jerk, or I would do the powers. That's like at the most extreme, but for the most part, um, my most common training was basically, you know, day one, three and six would be, would be front or back squat snatch full clean and jerk and then maybe one accessory like a pull or a row or rdl something like that and then tuesday thursday saturday would be uh, maybe squat um maybe not but then the power variations the power snatch power clean and jerk or power clean plus push press and then one or two accessories that was uh my most common um training that was that was the the majority of when I was very serious.
0: Got it. And uh, uh which one do you prefer? Which which is your favorite?
1: Back squad or front squad? Yeah, that's a good question. When everything was, was um kind of cooperating, I think I probably preferred back squat just because it was it was at the at the time pretty easy uh and I was I was you know fairly strong. So it's mm-hmm. always fun to uh be able to move move big weights. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think I like front squat more now, just because um relatively I've maintained more of that strength and less people can do it um so it's a it's a little bit amusing uh watching people kind of their reactions when you front squat you know five hundred pounds or or whatever
0: <laughs> awesome uh and if if somebody wants to reach out to you even uh, to get your coaching where can they do that would it be uh, easier on instagram or do you have like a link or website where
1: they can reach out to you Uh, so if you want to work with me directly the easiest way would be to uh just send me a dm on instagram uh i think my email address is on there as well you can do that too okay um and then i uh, you know i've got uh like a less expensive option but it's also it's also very general um it's i'm partnered with a, with a friend of mine and we uh we offer a subscription thing on uh train heroic but again it's it's um it's more about kind of general fitness mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so there's there's very little olympic weightlifting uh in mm-hmm. that particular program like i said it's more it's more about just being um generally physically prepared awesome lovely perfect thank you so much for
0: your time it was great chatting with you and uh, thanks for all the knowledge share i hope this adds a lot of value to my listeners and if if i have any other questions from the listeners or any of the questions that i get myself personally maybe in the future if you if and when you have time then we can do this once more sure yeah i'd be happy to thanks for the opportunity Yes, awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ben. Bye-bye. See you. All right. Have a good day.